0: Good morning everyone. It is April 30th of 2020. I hope that you are all doing well. Uh, welcome back to MN Sports uh, Talk. This is Nick Kaufman and I am here with Mike Menzing. Say hello Mike. Hello everybody. I uh, hope you guys have had a good week so far. Uh, the weather's been pretty nice getting outside, maybe doing some things that don't keep you on COVID lockdown so much. But uh big show for you guys today. We're going to get into that in a minute. Um, but please remember, guys, if you like anything that you hear, we are available on social media. You can head on over to Instagram at MN underscore sports talk. Uh, you can go to Facebook at M dash sports talk and you can even email us whether um, that's for a topic uh, you want to hear about or a question that you have at MN sports talk one at gmail.com. Now, that's the number, uh, not the word. Um, We're going to set a goal today, guys, to try to get uh, this podcast to 25 shares on social media so we can start to grow that fan base and interact with you guys a little bit more. Uh, Some big news for us as well as we roll into today's show. We are now available on Spotify, going all the way back to episode one. I know it's a small catalog, but we are going to be available there for you. So if you prefer or it is easier for you to use Spotify, all you have to do is look us up at m Talk. Uh, by Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, Huffman. Uh, That's going to be the easiest way to find us because we don't generate because we don't have enough listens uh, right away. Um, We couldn't get this far without Mike and uh, the few of you that are listening pretty loyally, so we'd like to thank you for that. And, Mike, why don't you tell us what we're going to get into to start the show today?
1: Yeah, like Nick said, we do have a great show for you guys. Um, Our first topic that we're going to cover is the NCAA coming out and saying that they are going to start compensating players Uh, for their likeness and such. So we're going to get into that and what that means moving forward for recruiting and uh, different things. Uh, Our second topic today is going to be Vince McMahon potentially selling the WWE. Um, Rumors are abounding about that going down possibly to um, Disney or Fox, or there's a few ESPN is also in the mix. Um, And then NFL preparing for a late start. Um, there are a few different um, alternatives that the NFL has laid out uh, due to COVID-19, so we're, we'll kind of get into those options that Roger Goodell has laid out for, for us. Um, we'll talk about Cam Newton and Andy Dalton's future as quarterbacks in the NFL, and then find out if a blind resume um, kind of exposes an NFL star. And I don't know who that star is either. So Nick hasn't told me. I do. <laughs> he listed three uh, statistic uh, columns. That's all I've seen so far. So we'll get into that at the end of our show. So to start us off, Nick, um, let's start with the NCAA possibly paying its players.
0: Yeah. Uh, so some in- some interesting things have gone on. Obviously, a lot of this has ties into COVID nineteen as the sports world continues to change. Uh, but we have now seen the G League steal all three of the NCAA's top recruits. Um, Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, and Dashie Nix decommitted from UCLA to take the G League path. Uh, Dashi Nix was a $300,000 contract. Jaylen's Green Jalen Green's was $500,000. Now, uh, shortly following this, I think his thing happened on either Friday or Saturday, uh, if I'm correct, and then on Monday – uh, or early this week, the NCAA uh, um, committee kind of met and agreed to begin uh, letting players use their name and their likeness uh, to earn money. Something that they haven't been able to do in the past. Um, you know, they are able to sign a jersey and you know pay, have somebody pay for that autograph, things like that, to start to try to bask a little bit. Um, from what I've heard, now this was uh, put out there by. Uh, Shams Sharin, he's a big insider on uh, the NCAA, so I'll definitely give him his credit there. Uh, they still can't have agents, and there's no third-party endorsements involved, uh, which means you can't have somebody that represents you or manages your money, and you can't go sell things for, like, Coke, Pepsi, American Eagle, fucking whoever it's going to be. Um, there's not something that they're allowed to do, uh, but their name and their likeness is completely theirs. In my opinion, uh, this is good news for the NCAA. NCAA. Uh, but do you think, Mike, that they ever would have pulled the trigger on this uh, had the G League not pulled or not uh, began to pull some of their top talent away from them?
1: Um, I, I think that it would have happened, um, possibly not as quickly. Um, there are a few different dominoes that kind of fell to lead to this happening with the NCAA. Um, mm-hmm to be clear, you know, I was in the NCAA playing football and we had to sign every year, we had to sign a contract that basically gave the NCAA permission to use our name and likeness. So we didn't have the ability to use our name and likeness at that time at all. Um, So this is definitely changing. Um, One of the dominoes that fell that kind of contributed to this as well um, is the fact that legislation in California passed that uh, bans schools from preventing players to get paid for advertisements or to hire an agent. So even though it's still, not allowed in the NCAA proper. Um, in the state of California, it is technically legal now. So the yeah. NCAA is seeing these changes going across the country. Obviously, the NBA G League is, is a, another contributing factor. Um, I think it would have happened, maybe just not as quickly.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. And one of the big things here is uh, the minute that this news dropped was that everybody was like, oh, here we go. We can bring the NCAA games back now. Well, This is the part that probably deals the biggest amount of damage because I think that's where players see their uh, biggest opportunity to make some money. Knowing what the want is for NCAA basketball or uh, NCAA football college games is they still can't sign a deal to to make that happen because you have to have an agent in order to sign uh, for the life for that game. Just like it's the same reason why you don't see Bill Belichick in the NFL games. Well, he didn't have his him and his agent never signed licensing deal uh, through the NFL. And if you have to have an agent in order to do that in college, you're not going to be able to get on that video game. Do you think that that is going to be something that's going to change in order for the NCAA to kind of keep up with what the G League is offering? Because these kids can sign shoe deals, they can go make money from Pepsi. Is that going to be the next step that allows them to um, maybe get some of this back?
1: Uh, yes. And quick sidebar, actually, the other reason that Belichick isn't in Madden is because he's actually the one NFL coach who's not part of the NFL coaches association. I don't know if you knew that. So it's kind of weird. He's not a part of it. Um, so just quick sidebar on that. Um, yes, I think that this is just the first step. Um, I think we're going to see the NCAA open up more and more and more as, as it kind of goes on. Um, I I'd say five, 10 years down the road, you're probably going to be seeing NCAA players with a, agents you'll probably see high school athletes basically getting in trouble for talking to agents to see where they should sign even that's kind of where i see the evolution of this going um, i see ncaa athletes definitely getting compensated for um, video games and such and the big thing to me man is like the ncaa made nearly a billion dollars during march madness last year a billion with a b Like, players should see some of that. If
0: Bezos money.
1: Right, yeah. Players should see some of that, especially if you're a player that sells tickets yourself. Like, to me, the Zion effect. Duke didn't have one away game that wasn't sold out the entire season. Yeah. Like, so they were going to Iona University, some rinky-dink schools, and they were (laughs) selling out just to see Zion. So, to me, it makes sense that Zion should see a cut of that money.
0: yeah. So. I agree. I would agree with that, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I don't know if if the NCAA is going to have the like the only way that I see it possible for the whole video game thing to happen is where the schools themselves potentially hire on an agent to help assist the kids walk through the licensing thing, but then you're hiring a third body to be a part of these universities that you technically have to pay as an employee. And I don't think the NCAA is ever going to move towards that because admittedly they're, they're going to do the things the way that they want to do. them. they always have, I mean, Shams even said it on the Mac, the Pat McAfee show the other day when uh, he was getting interviewed, he put their dirty money on blast. He said, okay, well, Deshaun Nix decommitted was what he was getting at the G league more than the stuff that he got under the table from UCLA. Like, it's unwritten, but we all know that it's there. DeAndre Ayton was in trouble for it less than two years ago. Um, So I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing, because then if there's an agent involved, then that money is managed. And then there is a legitimate asking price, and it's not just, well, you can take it or leave it. Um, So I just, it's weird to me to think that this is where college sports is going in general. Do you foresee them taking on, like, agents for specific individuals at the university? or the university as a whole, I guess.
1: It's just such a weird thing, man, because at at, like on one hand, these players are getting a free education and that's how you're being compensated for your play. But on the other hand is a free education that costs maybe $80,000 over four years fair. If you're making the school millions of dollars while you're there. Right. You know, so it's, it's a question that the NCAA has definitely been kind of struggling with for years. Um, and now we start to see that door opening a little bit how wide the door opens nobody really knows um i don't know man i really don't know how it's going to shake out to me i think i think a 19 year old should be able to profit off his off his skills so so i don't know i don't know it's
0: yeah uh it's 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 going to be tenuous waters. Of course, the entire like the, the all of the details aren't out yet. This is just something that was kind of reported on. Like, there's been no memo. Nobody's been able to read into exactly what it is. I don't think as of yet. I could be wrong on that. And If there is, we'll go back and get that information and bring it back to you guys. But the one massive issue that I see coming out of this. For the NCAA, or for specifically some of the smaller schools, like Mike, what school did you play at when you were in when you were in college?
1: Uh, college of Saints Classica, Division three school in Duluth. So,
0: okay, so I wasn't bringing is, any money to
1: that school. I guarantee you, that. right?
0: Well, even even just look at Duluth, though. Uh, even no matter how good you are, Duluth probably has some boosters with some bigger pockets that would be able to would would have been able to pay you more money quote unquote, for that autograph. Is this going to just widen the gap between programs like Alabama, Clemson, um, all these top earnings, because they have alumni that have some of the deepest pockets in the country?
1: Um, It's definitely a possibility. But then you look at, uh, like there are schools out there that may be not very effective in their athletics, but have money like uh, Vanderbilt and SEC, like Vanderbilt has a lot of money <laughs> for those alums, you know, so like, does something like this, put Vanderbilt on the map?
0: It's true. I didn't even think about it from that angle. Cause then you start to look at programs that may not have the sports background, but they have like the educational background, got Stanford and Harvard and Duke and all these schools that may not be known for their football or their basketball or a specific sport, but now have the money to do so. Right. I guess it, I guess we'll see – it's going to be – there's going to be gaps. There's going to be a drop-off somewhere. It's going, to, it's going to come at the sacrifice probably of smaller D3 schools and D2 schools would be my guess.
1: Well, and a question I have too is does it make it more difficult to enforce the NCAA rules? Like if you're making the rules themselves more murky, does it make it more difficult to enforce them? Like that's logical. Yeah, I think so. But
0: that's true. But then – The NCAA rules with an iron fist anyways. They will sweep whatever they want up under the rug. It is no secret that over time they have had a reputation of some unfair, unpleasant things happening to athletes that are performing under their banner, and I don't think they're necessarily going to care. What's going to be interesting now is to see, you know, hey, man, Mike, uh, you're an 18-year-old quarterback coming out of high school. The minute you sign – I want your autograph. I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars. Those kind of transactions to seal the deal for universities is going to be electric. And if this turns into something that's heavily covered, it's going to be insane.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real, real interesting. Like you said, you're going to have colleges and boosters basically bidding on players.
0: Yeah. Uh, would you have liked that as an NCAA or as an NCAA athlete? I never went.
1: But I mean. Uh, that's the thing is it won't be affecting those like small liberal arts schools. Like I went to like, maybe in this, in the aspect that they can give you like a quote unquote academic scholarship for a few more thousand dollars (laughs) here or there something like that. But I don't really see it affecting small schools.
0: Okay. okay. And you guys, uh, you guys that are listening, um, let us know what you think. You know, if you are a college athlete and you are listening to this, what are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? Have you heard anything about this? Uh, moving forward to this point because me and Mike obviously want to know what's going on I still think this is going to be an issue uh, for the the NCAA because the G League is providing a different opportunity where Nike Adidas and Under Armour and those players can get to those brands now Um, but say a player who's at Oregon can't even though Nike is like factored at Oregon it's the main sponsor it's where everything happens at it's just a A weird kind of it's just a weird a weird a weird time a weird stipulation and it does cross overall sports so you'll see it for volleyball basketball baseball you'll see it for all major NCAA sports
1: yeah it'll be really interesting to to see how uh how we see college athletes really kind of being paid moving forward so uh moving from an organization that is going to you know possibly start paying people to one that may not be paying people any longer um Let's talk about the WWE for sale.
0: Yeah, um, so Zeb Coulter, who, if anybody who knows like the wrestling world, is probably one of the closest reporters tied directly to the top tier Triple H, Vince McMahon. Um, the kind of like the board there at WWE has reported uh, that due to a lot of this COVID nineteen stuff, the XFL stuff, and the and not being able to get fans into WWE events, that Vince McMahon. Uh, is in uh, you know what they called fuck it mode. Um, 23% of WWE stocks were tied up in the XFL. So when the XFL folded and filed for bankruptcy, the WWE took a hit. Um, that the XFL still has zero suitors that the board is confident for, and the board's not getting paid. Um, they were not able to uh, get to WrestleMania this year either, which was supposed to be in Tampa, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But WrestleMania 35 just a year ago made $16.9 million on one night for the WWE. They didn't have any of that this year. And they had to go into pro- producing shows, movie quality, which cost them more money. So they're, they're hemorrhaging a little bit. And this has forced um, Vince McMahon uh, to kind of get to the end of his rope and not want to be the main guy in power for the WWE. Um, he was set to do this when The XFL was starting. People asked him if he was going to take a step back from WWE, the the wrestling brand. And he said if the XFL took off, he would. So it's something that he had already been thinking about. I can only imagine that with the immense financial pressure that he's feeling right now, that he's changed his mind at all. It's probably more important to him now than ever. So he's tried to set up deals with or is at least rumored to be setting up deals with ESPN or Fox um, to sell out brands like NXT, uh, Raw, some of the pay-per-view rights um, for stuff like that. Um, as we know, SmackDown's already with Fox. How do you think that Mike, that this is going to shift the sports entertainment industry as they move on to more family friendly networks? Because as you know, right now, like Raw and NXT can get into some storylines that aren't necessarily for the 13 year old at home watching ESPN or, you know, Fox television shows.
1: Right. Um, I think uh, it's a much higher possibility that Vince sells just like the pay-per-view rights. Um, I, knowing Vince, obviously I don't know him personally, but just observing him for 20-plus years, um, I personally don't think he'll ever take his hands off the WWE. I just, I, I don't see that happening. Um, however, the WWE Network is kind of going the way of the Dodo. Um, money in modern wrestling is with television contracts, like you talked about, not with pay-per-view, not live events, not merchandise. Um, it makes sense that they're rumored to be speaking with two companies known for their presence through television, ESPN and Fox. So to me, I think it's much more likely that they're looking to sell their television rights or pay-per-view rights rather than the organization itself. Um, selling the organization, you, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, the entire deal, the rumor is that it would just bring somebody else into the board from a creative standpoint. Vince would not have his hands off of Vince, Uh, Stephanie, um, his son, um, and Triple H would all still have control of the WWE brand as a whole. But you're right, yeah, it would bring in another creative, I guess, broadcasting platform to assist with, you know, changing times. Uh, so yeah, I, I would agree with you. I don't think he's ever going to completely take his hands off, but this is something that, I mean, he's been in wrestling since Hulk Hogan before long before
1: me and you were ever born. I mean, speaking of Hulk or Hogan not. though, like the attitude era with <laughs> Hulk Hogan is the last time he actually had like really good ratings. The ratings have been pretty much steadily declining since the attitude era. So it's, it's I interesting think that, that speaks... they're looking to get something, somebody yeah, from and I that think world in, in with them, you know, so.
0: Yeah, and I think that speaks to uh, what they were able to get into back then, being on the USA Network or uh, Spike TV or wherever they were broadcasting back then where it was okay after that, because I remember watching it growing up. It was a two-hour show, and 8 to 9 was fine. But after that 9 o'clock hour, Stone Cold Steve Austin was flipping people off and crushing beers and, you know – given stunners to his boss and the rock was telling people he didn't care who they're like it was a madhouse after nine o'clock and as they've shifted away from that yeah the ratings have declined do you think espn or fox or disney or anybody who's going to pick up this from an entertainment standpoint is going to look at that and go okay maybe we just shift it to a later time slot and we bring back some of the stuff from the past do you think those brands have that capability
1: i think I think those brands are too conservative with a with a small C, um, to to do something like that. Um, I just don't see Disney as a part of ESPN moving WWE to ten o'clock and having TVMA type stuff. I just don't see that happening. Um, one thing to think about, though, obviously the WWE is Vince's baby, um, but for Vince, it has kind of always been about the money. So looking at the XFL. Maybe that was his last chance. Um, Would it be a good time for him to get out and sell the WWE?
0: The only reason I would say no right now is because of the emergence of AEW. Their competitor on Wednesday night that has a lot of uh, ex-WWE entities as a part of it. Like Chris Jericho and Dusty and Cody Rhodes and... A lot of those guys that were part of that WWE brand and Vince was just like, well, you don't have the talent to hack it. Well, those guys run the show over on the other brand now. Um, It's a for us, by us type wrestling show. So I I don't think now would be the time you, I don't think they could afford it. Uh, NXT isn't filming on a regular basis. They recorded weeks and weeks in advance. They know what the outcome of their storylines is going to be. This has given their creative a chance to breathe. And vince steps down now by the middle of summer you could see the end or a takeover of aew of wwe from that standpoint because their creative is so far ahead on what wwe has right now so it just looks like a lose-lose for him at the moment but he definitely needs help
1: sure All right, well, I think we're going to move on. But if you did like what we talked about with the wrestling aspect, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, one of my friends. He actually runs a wrestling podcast. Uh, It's called 13 Cards Subject to Change. If you want to reach out to them, they are on Facebook. Uh, They talk pretty much strictly professional wrestling. So um, all of this is, of course, happening to the invisible enemy, COVID-19. And we know this is affecting kind of all sports. Um, Due to all of this, we do have some news about the NFL prepping Um, their season and their schedule Um, the season opener could be as much as a month later Um, and the Super Bowl moved back about three weeks Um, just pushing everything off making sure that if they do start later they are able to do a full season Um, the opening week of games could actually be on October 15th Um, so we've heard as as far as a month later but to me that's a month and a half almost Um, that's that's supposed to be week six right now Um, We would eliminate the bye weeks, uh, skipping the Pro Bowl, which nobody watches Mm -hmm. in anyway, It's kind of crappy. Uh, No week between Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do have a pretty uh, important quote from Roger Goodell on Good Morning America as well. Uh, The quote is as follows. One thing I've learned about what we are going through as a country is you can't tell a week from now, much less three months from now. So our job is to be ready. We will obviously be ready to make alternatives. So with that quote, I'm confident that we will be seeing an NFL season this fall.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think we're going to get one no matter what happens. Uh, The NFL is globally probably the leading sport outside of all those crazy soccer fans who like to watch one point get scored every four years. Um, And by the way, how about Roger Goodell uh, being painted as a relatable guy over the last few weeks? The guy gives up a $40 million salary. They catch him in his t-shirt in between doing yard work on the draft. And now he's on good morning America saying the right things. Um, I didn't think this was something that Roger Goodell had the ability to do, but good on him and good for the NFL for riding that PR wave. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to get a season no matter what. My main thing for this is that it's it's a preparation thing. We just talked about uh, the sport, but sometimes I think we have to think about the city like Tampa Over between the time the draft happens and next spring is supposed to have had WrestleMania, the Super Bowl and the draft, if I'm not mistaken, because it's supposed to be in Tampa next year. So you're looking at three major events, one of which they've already lost. And I think from the city standpoint, uh, putting things in place in communication with the NFL to ensure that there are multiple avenues of approach so they don't have to dump. Another massive revenue gainer um, is huge. Um, you know, we still haven't gotten uh, a quote from the um, the sports commissioner from Tampa. Um, he was pretty quiet during the WrestleMania thing too, until they pull up until they pulled the plug. Um, but I'm interested to see as time goes on what he has to say about this. Um, the Super Bowl is a huge event, uh, radio row, all the players, things like that. Uh, just to see where he sits on it. Uh, but going back to the players, Mike, what do you think about skipping the bye weeks? They just negotiated this brand new CBA, and now they're telling p- players, not only are we planning to expand the schedule, but there's a good opportunity. Not only are you not you're not going to get two bye weeks, you're not going to get any, and you're not getting a break for the Pro Bowl. Do you think that that's going to rub a lot of players the wrong way? Are we going to see diminished product and more injuries and things like that? Like, How important is that bye week? Uh,
1: the, the bye week is definitely vital, uh, especially – if you have a team that, you know, is banged up, or um, it depends on when your bye week is too. If your bye week is week four and you're three and zero, you know, you don't want that bye week. But if your bye week is week fourteen and you're seven and six going into the bye week, and you have three starters injured, it's a vital thing to have in your schedule. So it really depends on what your team situation is at the time of your bye week. Um, I think that we could see some possible wear and tear more towards the end of the season, maybe on like running backs uh getting more carries throughout the season and not having that week off. Um I think it's a possibility. I don't see it happening maybe on all 32 teams. You have to remember that these guys are elite athletes. Um yeah. training for this. So, um uh, maybe though one thing that we could see with the schedule being different is maybe they get rid of like the Thursday games. Um because there are no bye weeks, we're going to make sure you guys play once a week weekly on Sundays. Um, Something like that could be an interesting change. Um, There's going to be a lot of changes if they do this. If week one is October 15th, which is week six, the trade deadline is usually week eight. So is the trade deadline just week eight and move back, you know, two months or like, how does that work? You have to see how your players are working on the field as well. Um, So that's interesting to think about Um, skipping the pro bowl. I don't think will affect many players though. I don't think players are going to be too hurt about that.
0: Well there's bonuses in people's contracts for that. That's the only reason why I ask. You got to think about like your your wide receiver that's like at the top of the list that's making 14-15 million dollars a year probably doesn't care about the $500,000 bonus. But that kick returner, that's only on like a 1 million, 2 million dollar deal. That's a lot of money um, to get bonused into the Pro Bowl's kickers, punters, uh, guys like that. That's built into their contracts.
1: Sure, but do you think the money for that bonus comes from the tickets that they sell for the Pro Bowl? Like, they could still possibly play those players and just not play the game, right?
0: Possibly. Possibly. Yeah.
1: I, I just think the players more of
0: a financial burden on it.
1: Yeah, I think the players have to be somewhat understanding, though. They have to be. I mean, if you want to play a football season this year, you don't get a bye week. So yeah. what do you want to do? Do you want to play football and get paid millions of dollars and just not have a week <laughs> off? Like, I don't know. I'd be all over that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, – yeah. It's tough. Nobody's gonna be completely satisfied. I think that the more and more more that we wait, I think we get into an area where it's gonna be nothing but compromise, shortened seasons. Uh, You know, if the NFL wants one thing, the player, the PA has every chance to come back and be like, well, if there's no bye week, we want this in return: no padded practice except for one day a week, like just to be able to like like level of. I'm not saying that the coaches wouldn't be smart enough to do it, but just to get it out there across. No, I totally understand. Yeah, to make it work. I think is going to be key, and we'll really see how strong this CBA is as we roll into the season. Um, as players do get into their workouts, the extended schedule, of not having a bye week, and seeing how big a story it becomes. Could you imagine, like Tom Brady goes down and he's banged up going into week seven, and there's no bye week, and he's like, you know what, this is our year, and he goes to play it and goes down like he did when Matt Castle had to take over. Right. That team goes two years of all into well, this is a fucking reset. And right. it's going to suck. So it's going to be a completely different looking uh, product uh, as far as that goes. Do you have anything else that you'd want to
1: add on on any of this? Um, just overall, I think everybody needs to be ready to be flexible. Um, the more you stomp your feet and put your feet in the sand, the, the more you're just going to have to get pulled along. Uh, just be flexible. Things are changing around you, sports-wise, everything. Just be flexible. Work together as a society. We're good to go.
0: Yeah, um, so and uh, the last thing that just kind of popped into my head as we're thinking about this, I did read that the NFL schedule, which comes out next week on Friday, which we're going to talk about um, next week, is going to have a heavy emphasis on the potential moving of the schedule. Um, it's, the NFL is very much underst- understanding already that there's a large chance they may have to push the season back. So even when the schedule comes out, it's gonna, you're going to get the schedule, and then you're going to get all the contingencies. So we're really going to get to see even what it looks like long before we even know if that's going to be the case next week. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see that as
1: well. You know, one thing that we won't know what it looks like though is Cam Newton or Andy Dalton in their new uniforms. Cause we that's don't right, know true. where they're going. So uh, if you didn't hear um, Andy Dalton yeah. got cut this morning by Cincinnati. Um, one thing that this does do for Cincinnati is there's no quarterback controversy in Cincy. Um, true. Now one question I have for you though Nick is who of these two, Cam Newton and Andy Dalton, gets signed first?
0: Uh I think Andy Dalton's going to get signed first here. Um, not only because I think he's a better fit for specific sys a specific system in general that doesn't have a quarterback right now. Um and that would be New England. Sure. Um Stidham is great. Uh it wasn't Bill Belichick's plan to not get a quarterback in that draft. He was very open about that. But but when it was their time to maybe take one, they saw that Stidham was just better than their quarterbacks that are on the board, so they weren't going to take one. Um, However, they could very easily be looking at it going, okay, we know the Bengals took Burrow. They're probably going to drop Dalton. And if they drop Dalton, I think Dalton's better than Stidham, who we have in house, and we don't need to draft anybody. So I think that's his most likely landing spot, kind of on a redemption tour. Um, as far as who gets signed first.
1: I actually do agree with you that Dalton to New England is probably (laughs) the most likely. Um, Let me ask you this. Who's the better quarterback between Cam Newton and Andy Dalton?
0: See, I have to say Cam here just because of the direction the NFL is going in. I think if you get Cam Newton healthy, which he's been off for a year, he's had this – I've seen some of his workout videos. He looks really good. Uh, He looks like he's throwing the – with a little bit more zip and accuracy and he's had time to kind of refocus he's away from carolina and all the distractions um you know if you get him into a locker room where he's got to prove himself to a group of guys uh that he is still mvp get you to the super bowl superman put it on my back cam newton you're going to get a different version of cam that people are more likely to latch onto. uh plus he's more mobile so you look at all the systems that have quarterbacks rolling, running, uh, RPOs, all that different stuff. There's more opportunities for him as well. I just think the circus is what makes it, that surrounds him coming in kind of like that Tebow factor is what's going to keep him from being the first one to sign.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you that it's going to be Andy Dalton signed first. Um, and I agree with you that Cam Newton is the better quarterback. Personally, I don't want to get into why I think that is. I, I think that there's a variety of reasons. Uh, the circus that follows Cam Newton, quote-unquote circus, if you want to call it that, um, I do think is part of it. Uh, the distraction that he brings um, just being the big name that he is, um, is definitely something. Um, one thing I do have to say, though, is that Cincinnati kind of screwed Andy Dalton. Um, Neither one of
0: these guys got a fair shake.
1: No. Andy Dalton was in Cincinnati for, I believe, nine years. Um, Led them to the playoffs, I think, five or six times. Um, Everyone in the football world knew that they were going to sign Joe, or Mm -hmm. draft Joe Burrow, uh, and Andy Dalton asked to be released or traded. Um, They waited two months, and until almost all the teams in the NFL had a QB to release him. So, to me, that was a big middle finger to Andy Dalton on his way out. Um, I agree with you. And here's a question for you, Nick. Should they have kept Andy Dalton to train slash teach Joe Burrow for his first year with Burrow still starting, Uh, Dalton was an effective quarterback for years you know let's not forget that he was on a one-year 17 million dollar deal expensive teacher but was is that something that they should have thought of
0: I think I look at that question two ways uh the first of which is going to be yes I think they should have kept him on some contingencies um At $17 million a year, yeah, it's an expensive teacher. But you are getting a shortened offseason this year, potentially. You're getting virtual uh, OTAs versus in-person OTAs, which can be huge, especially for a quarterback who's got to learn a new – he's got to move into a new city. He's got to learn a new playbook. He's got to learn new coaches. He's got to get on page with new receivers. Things like – there's a lot for him to consume as they lead up to the season, and it's going to be on a shortened timetable, a shorter window than most quarterbacks would get. Um, So I think having Andy Dalton in the building to teach Joe Burrow how to be a pro from that standpoint would have been important. The only reason, the only thing I think that would justify them releasing Andy would have been, what are you going to do with that $17 million? Can you go out and get another weapon? Can you go out and look at Jadavian Clowney, who's asking for that kind of money at defensive end, and be like, hey, guess what? come in and be a pass rusher for us. We're turning this franchise around. If that's what you're going to do and you're going to go get somebody who's going to make a difference, then yeah, cut Andy Dalton. But if that's not a for sure thing, then I think they should have left him on the roster and allowed him to coach up Joe Burrow. Cause you're right. He was a great professional. He was extremely uh, consistent um, when he had weapons, you know, he right. took him from the dregs of the league to five playoff berths.
1: Right. And I, I, Agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I do think one contributing factor, possibly to them cutting Andy Dalton, um, I'm not sure if you heard this, was uh, it actually came out that Joe Burrow had been studying the Bengals' playbook for about a month and a half before the draft because he was that confident that he was okay. one, number one overall um, okay. and that he is basically ready right now to come in and compete.
0: That's a tough ask. You can tell me you're ready all you want and t- so you step on the field, though, I would assume between college and the pro and you see the change in the speed of the game, that's not going to matter. See, and, and especially I, maneuvering a locker room.
1: Right. right, and I wouldn't keep Andy Dalton around to necessarily teach him the X's and O's. I think that kid's got that down. What I would keep him right. around for is, oh, you just threw your third pick of the day. How you feeling, bud? Mm-hmm. Type stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I don't think a quarterback coach is going to be able to get to Joe Burrow the same way up. A fellow Another, quarterback, professional A professional quarterback, quarterback.
0: yeah, 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 right. and and that's and that's the that's the other thing. I mean, and now what happens if Joe Burrow does go down? There's no bye weeks. If he gets hurt, how big is the drop off going to be now from Joe Burrow to the other guy that's on your roster? Right. And if and, and I'm sure that I'm fairly certain that with the state of things right now, the Bengals probably could have gone to Andy Dalton and asked him to restructure. Hey, you're going to be the backup but there is no market for you right now. And we want to make sure you have a job this year. Would you be willing to take X, Y, Z? That would have been the smart play by Cincinnati in order to retain him. And it would have made it, would have painted Andy in a really good light going into the next offseason where he had the opportunity to teach up and coach. Because then at that point, if Joe Burrow does win rookie of the year, oh, well he learned behind Andy Dalton or, you know, Andy Dalton was there to teach him how to be a pro. And that opens up some more situations like maybe going to Washington and doing the same thing with Dwayne Haskins competing for the job or going down to Jacksonville and helping Gardner Minshew out and you become a journeyman backup that always has a roster kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that would have been the best situation. But my knock on the Bengals franchise is I think sometimes they don't think these things through.
1: I mean, there's a reason reason they're not one of the best franchises in the NFL. I think we see some franchises making moves – for the future um, and thinking about those things and we see those franchises usually be successful. Um, I hate to say it, but the Packers twice drafted a quarterback um, and he turned into a hall of famer. So like they, they knew what to do with him, sat on behind somebody else developed, did all that, th- those things. Cincinnati is basically showing, no, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to start the rookie right away. not going to have a veteran quarterback in our quarterback room. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Now let me ask you this with Cam Newton and Andy Dalton going to st- different teams. Do either of them start? Do both of them start? What do you see with that? I
0: definitely think that I see Andy Dalton starting wherever he lands. I think the two top suitors are going to be either Jacksonville or New England. New England heavily favored over Jacksonville because they don't know what they're doing with Leonard Fournette. They have dismantled that entire defense. They're in a weird spot and Minchumania mania is a real thing down there. That crazy mustache having shorts wearing dude playing QB down in Jacksonville has got some some gusto behind him in that city. Um, So I think Dalton would be the one most likely to go somewhere. If it's new England, he starts anywhere else. I think he sits as to where cam and it's already been, it's already come out from his camp. He's going to want to go somewhere where he has to start. And I think that's a smart move by him because he knows he can't come in and be a backup with his reputation.
1: I mean, he is a, Um, a top 20 quarterback in my opinion. He shouldn't be on the bench. And I agree.
0: (laughs) So I think what's going to happen is you look at all these systems that have mobile or semi-mobile quarterbacks right now, um, and if one of them goes down due to what is going on in the league, I think that's where you'll see Cam Newton step in. Uh, Kyler Murray gets hurt. Uh, Lamar Jackson or even Robert Griffin III uh, running that Heisman package gets banged up. Um, You look at other teams that have – like just anybody who can move the pocket and where he fits the offense, I think he would slide right in. And, but the weird part is, is I wanted to ask you this. Do you think he's going to have to take a Jameis Winston type deal because Jame, Jameis Winston took so little money coming out of free agency as a guy who led the league in touchdowns and passing yards? I mean, he also led the league in picks. Oh, well, I'm just saying, Cam's kind of got that from a personality standpoint. You're going to get the best personality in the league. And so at some points other than Antonio Brown, the worst personality in the league being outspoken and stuff like that. So is he going to have to take a contract like that to
1: find a team? I think he's definitely going to get paid less than he wants um, because of his last couple of years in Carolina where he just did not perform like the MVP in 2015 that we knew him as. Um, yep. Honestly, a team just kind of popped into my head that would be interesting. How old is Cam off top of your head? 28, 29, I want to say?
0: He's, got a, he's either 30 or just under.
1: Okay. Why not go to the Giants? Like, this guy is 29 years old has been to a Super Bowl, you have Daniel Jones, you have Saquon Barkley. Like, I don't know, man. I I don't know what their cap room looks like. I have no idea. It literally just popped into my head. I just wanted to throw it out there. I could see him. I don't know. That's interesting.
0: That is interesting. I think they're fully committed to old Danny Dimes down there. Which uh dumb to me. Uh, I, I agree, but he performed well-ish, uh, above average maybe, for a quarterback in the situation that he was in. Keep in mind, he had no wide receivers, and Saquon Barkley was hurt most of the year. So we're really going to get to see a chance to see what he looks like this year as his true, like, freshman year with all the weapons around him. Um, and I think Gettleman would hate Cam Newton the way he hated Odell back. Then. That's why that's I don't
1: – That's actually a very, anymore. very good point. That's a very good point. Um, but, yeah, us, there are
0: teams out there that could use him.
1: Yeah, let us know what you guys think, please. Uh, social media, email us. Um, let us know who you think uh, is the better player, where they where they may be playing this season as well.
0: Yeah, for sure, guys. I uh, always love to hear your opinions, especially on stuff like this. Um, fans of different teams, if, you, if you know, you're you a Jaguars fan or a Bengals fan or whatever, just let us know where you think these two guys should wind up.
1: Awesome. So we are going to take a small break here, um, a word from our sponsors, but we will be back. Uh, we're going to talk over three different quarterbacks, I think you said, right? Uh, we're gonna yep, go there's going to the- be
0: three quarterbacks in this blind resume.
1: Awesome. So we'll have a blind resume of three different quarterbacks. Um, We'll kind of run down. I think Nick's going to probably make me choose one and he's going to talk about uh, who these three guys are. So uh, please don't go away.
0: Folks, I hope you have enjoyed the front end of the podcast, but this is going to be our final segment of the day, and I am absolutely licking my chops uh, because what I have here is a blind resume. Now, what I have done, and you guys can't see it right now, but I will post it on our social media feed uh, at some point today so you guys can take a look at it as well, is I have three quarterbacks here, and I have a bunch of categories. We're going to go through how much their cap hit is, how many games they've won between 2017 and 2019, their win-loss record, Uh, both overall and on the road, and then averages on completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, QBR, and then their PFF, which is pro football focus, uh, their weapons rank. So how good have these guys' weapons been over the last three years? Uh, And I am going to attempt to expose one of the poster boys of the NFL here, Um, potentially. We'll see how this goes because I'm going to have Mike pick who he thinks the best quarterback is at their value. So Mike, obviously we have the notes up right here and you can see, uh, some of the stuff, uh, on, on the page. We've got one quarterback at 33.5 million who has only played 39 games in the last three years. Uh, he's got a below average road record. He's got the lowest completion percentage and he's got the best weapons against two quarterbacks who float between 21.5 and 23.5 million dollars. One has played 47 games, the other one's played 25 because he did not play in 2019. Um, One of them has a better road record. They each have better completion percentage and one throws for more yards every year. Their touchdowns are relatively the same to the 33.5 million dollar quarterback. And both of them have roughly the same QBR with worse weapons over the last three years. So based on what you're looking at here, and we will put the graphic up um, for you guys, like I said, on social media, who do you think the best bang for your buck or the most appropriately paid quarterback here is for your choice? And who who would you take for your franchise going into the 2020-2021
1: season? Um, I would probably take, I don't know if they're ABC, I would probably take the third quarterback that you mentioned, Um, $23.5 million a year. Uh, right. He has a 6-5 and five road record, which is actually the only winning record out of these three quarterbacks on the road. Um, his yep. completion percentage is the middle of the three. Uh, mm-hmm. His yards on average is the lowest, um, but his EFF weapons rank is also the lowest. So he's throwing the, the worst targets um, out of the three quarterbacks. Uh, his touchdown interception ratio is 4-1. to one. Um, yep. It's pretty dang good. Uh, the other guy um, that I believe is the guy that you're trying to expose has a touchdown interception ratio that's close to six to one. Um, so it's pretty damn good. However, the guy has top ten weapons that he's thrown to uh and he's got a ten and sixteen road record. So I'm just not gonna go with him, especially for thirty-three point five million dollars a year.
0: Okay. So what you just did, Mike, is you actually chose Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr.
1: So the um, reason honestly, I wanted I to was get honestly thinking that was Carson Wentz. To be completely honest with you, with the games missed, but Alex. Yep. With that busted leg, one year. So what we've got is his 2017
0: and 2018 stats, his last year in Kansas City versus his first year in Washington before he got hurt. Um, so that's what we have up here for Alex Smith at 23.5 million dollars. Now, him and Aaron Rodgers came out in the same draft, right? Mm-hmm. You could argue that they've had a relatively equal amount. Of playoff opportunities as well. Alex Smith has been to the playoffs a lot. Aaron Rodgers has been to the playoffs a lot okay. since then. Alex Smith was the winners, then was Kansas City, and things like that. So the reason I put this up here is because everybody on social media over the last few days has told the entire world that Aaron Rodgers is the victim here. He is being screwed by the Green Bay Packers, that they are. He's their franchise guy. He's got four years left on his deal. Why would you take a quarterback in round one? Well, now that we've seen the numbers, maybe that's part of the reason why. Um, It's it's just, it's tough for me to understand how you're going to pay a guy $33 million. And those stats, by the way, that I pulled up are middle of the road stats for a quarterback. You're not looking, those aren't stats of a guy who's a top 10 guy.
1: Um, yeah, the only thing that really stands out, honestly, and it's kind of the only thing that's really stood out his entire career. He's had a few years here and there with 4000 plus yards. Uh, yeah. But his touchdown interception ratio is what stands out. Um, yeah, and to me, the reason he has such a good touchdown interception ratio is sometimes he won't make the throw when the games on the line. He'll eat it and won't throw that. hit. Yep.
0: And and that's part of the thing that we mentioned in our last podcast. One of the stats that's on the rise for Aaron Rodgers is the amount of plays he just gives up on. Right. Oh, roll my right, throw it, throw it into the bleachers. Um, My biggest thing, and I'm about to ask you a question, and I'm interested to hear your honest opinion is, has Aaron Rodgers' attitude and production now outweighed his greatness? You're looking at a guy who uh, Green Bay former players. And his own family have outed him on being a poor teammate and a poor family member, and kind of prickly and hard to work with. Um, you, he's had weapons. He's had more weapons than the other quarterbacks that we mentioned for his entire career. Whether it was guys like Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, he had Jordy Nelson. Uh, I think at the beginning of the career, his career, he had Donald Driver. He's had some good tight ends. He now has a good running game. He had a good coach, and they have spent. of their first-round talent that they've drafted since he was selected uh, on the defensive side of the ball to help bolster the offense that he was just supposed to be the wizard at running, can you now make an argument that all of that is not – that that talent that he has doesn't outweigh how hard he is to work with and his production towards the tail end of his career for the Green Bay Packers?
1: Well, I think you're dead on, man. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, to be completely honest with you. I think Matt LaFleur came in year one and realized, hey, I don't want to work with this punk, to be completely honest with you. I don't think Matt LaFleur wants to get told what to do by Aaron Rodgers. And I think Matt LaFleur gave him a message by going and bust – literally trading up to get Jordan Love a second or third yeah. round talent to show Aaron Rodgers, no, we are moving on from you right now. So I think, uh, I think you're dead on, man. I think his attitude – and production is a huge contributing factor to Matt LeFleur wanting to move on. Now, does his attitude change now that he has Jordan Love?
0: Who knows, but it doesn't really matter at this point. We know who he is. You know, money makes you more of what you are. You're looking at a guy that's making $33.5 million this year, not to mention, by the way, the 10% cap escalator that is calculated into his deal over the next three years. So his hit is only going to continue to get worse until I think the middle of it when you see a big balloon in the cap and he doesn't make quite as much, I just don't think it's worth it. I think it was panic mode. I think they knew, okay, we have to go all in with Matt Lafleur here and see how it works out. They were a nine and seven football team last year that lucked into being thirteen and three.
1: Well, as and honestly, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, they were not a thirteen and three team. They were the worst thirteen and three team in NFL history. I can guarantee you that. Um, one thing I do want to mention too is. That team, uh, as much as it pains me to say this as a Vikings fan, that that's a pretty good football team, man. Um, yeah. If they got rid of Rogers and had thirty-three million dollars of cap to put into that roster, can you? That would be a thirteen and three team then.
0: See, and that's where I think that, that's how I think the Packers decided to look at it. I think that they know that Jordan Love needs one year, and Aaron Rodgers' job now is to put up or shut up. You need to produce enough to make the attitude a thing that isn't worth it. Otherwise, you get to coach him up, and we're going to spend all that money on weapons for joy and love, a better defense, because that is the model for winning NFL championships right now. Getting a talented quarterback that you have five years of control of and don't have to pay, and surrounding him with the best talent in the league because you have all the extra money. And it works. It's, you know, proof of product. So I just – it's going to be tough. Rodgers is going to have to shape up or ship out. And what sucks for him is I kind of drew a comparison earlier this week to uh, I like Brady and Jordan. Like Aaron has all of the physical tools and mental tools that they have. But because he doesn't win the big game – and he's not as friendly to his teammates, like Mike used to braid his teammates. You've seen Brady yell at offensive coordinators, but they get the job done. Right. It's going to be hard for him to find a new team that's going to be accepting of uh, who he is as a person if he doesn't turn it around after he leaves Green Bay. Brett Favre was beloved. That's why the Jets snatched him up, and then the Vikings pulled his ass out of retirement because he was beloved by the guys that he played with.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point, man. Like, if you look at Brady, um, Manning, um, Rodgers, all these guys honestly have a history of kind of berating their teammates. No, that was supposed to be at 10, not 9.5, you dumbass. Um, Mm -hmm. But the difference between Manning and Brady and Rodgers is the success level between Manning and Brady and And Rodgers. So it's interesting because they're all known for similar things, but the approach and maybe the effectiveness Coming from Aaron Rodgers, is just not there because of his pompous attitude or something. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I think he's just hard to work with. Um, I listened to Colin Cowherd and Pat McAfee and all the Skip and Shannon. And everybody says the same thing about him. He's wildly talented. He probably has more arm talent than anybody that's ever played in the NFL. But he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't trust his position coaches, his quarterback coach, his head coach, his wide receivers, and it makes it hard for anybody to want to continue to work with him to get better because he's not he's doing what he's doing from a personal standpoint, not a team standpoint.
1: Well let me prove your point. Um you said that he is ridiculously talented with his arm, but he's not a good team player. Uh the play in Dallas that we probably all remember um where he rolled to his left and threw it to I believe Jared Cook down the left sideline and he just toe tapped and then kicked a field goal and beat Dallas in the playoffs. Do you recall that play? Yes I do. Yeah so that play um Obviously, we see Aaron Rodgers, the arm talent, um, rolling to his left, twisting the midsection of his body and throwing what a 35-yard laser uh, on the sideline. However, one thing that many people may not know about that play is that Rodgers actually uh, vetoed the coach's call and told Jared Cook what to run on that play. Um, yep. so that kind of shows that dual-edged sword that we were just talking about. Ridiculously talented, not a team player.
0: Yeah, and it's – it doesn't take away from the guy's talent, the guy's work ethic. It doesn't take away from anything that he is as an athlete. But the mental part and the relationship part of the game is so huge. You Football is so much different than basketball. Basketball, if somebody had Aaron Rodgers-esque talent shooting the ball, like Kevin Durant, you don't have to be the most friendly person. You can have burner accounts on Twitter and roast your fans and your teammates. Kyrie Irving, for example, and he always finds a new team because he's worth so much more in the win. because there's only 10 guys on the floor. There are 22 people on the floor, 44 if you count special teams over the course of a football game, no matter how talented you are, if the other 42 guys are making mistakes all game, you're not going to be able to outweigh it. Right. No, you have a great point. It just sucks. So my final question to kind of wrap this thing up is, can we, are you at a point now, if you were sitting, if, the Packers were up for sale and you were the owner. Are you at a point now where you, where you would begin quietly or openly shopping Aaron Rodgers after this season?
1: Um, I would be, I would do it quietly for sure. Um, because Rodgers, I'm sorry, Packers fans, he's a prima donna. Um, I think the attitude is something that you have to handle. Um, so if he hears that he's being openly traded, I think that that could definitely cause some conflict, especially if you're trying to compete this year. Um mm. However, I think I touched on it last show. I don't think that he sees three seasons more in Green Bay um, at the max, two. Um, whether that's traded or cut, I'm not sure how that works with his contract and the bonus structure. Mm. Um, but I, I think you have a great point that Jordan Love only really needs a year. So he could even be gone at, at this time next year.
0: Yeah, did you read into the, the Brett Favre interview at all that followed all this? Because didn't Brett pretty much say that if I was Aaron, I would bounce? Um, you
1: know, what I, what I saw from the interview was that Brett uh, basically made the prediction that Aaron would be leaving. Um, Aaron wouldn't be finishing his career in Green Bay. That's all he said I, I, that I saw. Um, I, don't, I didn't see any recommendation from Brett to Aaron, if that makes sense.
0: Do you think Brett, I mean, because Brett and Aaron have repaired their relationship and they talk like once a week now based on what I've heard through like other sports outlets uh, that me and you both listen to. Do you think Brett's giving him advice like, hey, man, things got real bad between me and the Green Bay, you know, front office towards the end of my career. I wish I would have left earlier. Do you think Rodgers is going to hear that and be like, well, if I can get out ahead of this thing, maybe request a trade or. Like, do you think that that advice is being given? And if so, is is, is Rogers the guy that's going to take it?
1: Um, I think that advice may be being given by Brett. Um, I don't think it's going to be taken, though. One knock on Rogers throughout his entire career, man, is that he thought he was better than Brett in yeah. pretty much everything that he did. So maybe he feels, oh, well, they started hating you, but I'm Aaron Rodgers, so they're not going to start hating me.
0: I don't know. I think they already hate him. (laughs)
1: Drafting Jordan
0: Love was a loud shot across the bow uh, that I don't think many people missed. And it's got to, we got to a point as like in, in media, not saying we're mainstream sports media. We would hope to be one day, but everybody's protecting the guy. Call it, call a spade a spade. You know, it's your reputation is what it is. Steer into the skin. Like there are certain reporters out there that aren't afraid to call him out and they're right for it because It is Aaron Rodgers. If you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree and you think, hey, dump Jordan Love, Aaron's the guy for the next six years, let us know. We want to know what your thought process is as a Green Bay fan uh, or a football fan in general or a team that may want to trade for Aaron. And what would that take? You know, feel free to get in touch with us uh, because we're not the only opinions out there and we'd love to hear yours.
1: Yeah, uh, we hope that you like what you heard today. Um, If you did, please head over to our social media on Instagram and Facebook, like Nick talked about at the beginning of the page. It's MN Sports Talk. Um, Share on your page and turn on notifications to see everything we have going on. We post daily. um, We do little polls out there, uh, see who the best player is in the league, um, different things. Uh, And then join us again next week as we bury ourselves in the last Dance episodes five and six the release of the NFL schedule and how teams will shake out and the contingency plans that come with that. um, And much more. If you have an idea for a topic, please let us know guys. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments or questions about today's episode, please let us know as well. Thank you for your support. And we will see you very soon. See you on Monday.